0: our culture would like for you to think that this is the new normal that scrolling here can satisfy your soul that that covering here can keep you safe but i believe that we've got to be very careful and and i'm not against wearing a mask i'm actually kind of grateful for the the consciousness that COVID 19 brought to our nation because Formerly, people would just cough and sneeze all over you like an idiot, and you just... Now we know, like, that was a bad idea. But I believe that we we enter into very dangerous territory when we begin to look to this. It's social media, it's apps, it's text, it's pictures, and, and all we do is input this and then we got these on and so there's not a way to output anything and all we're doing is inputting with no outlet and I don't know if you've ever seen a piece of machinery that, that only has an input but no, no outlet, that, that's a, it's a formula for disaster. And so our culture says that this is where you can be fulfilled, and it's by how many followers and how many likes, and that this is how you can stay safe. But I believe that the kingdom of God is just the opposite, that we need to be very cautious of what we do and how we do it and when we do it. And I believe that even if we're wearing this, we can still show him, we can still speak about him, we can be even more intentional about making sure that we don't just take in and never give back out. Because the culture says it's all about you, but the kingdom says it's all about them. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus preached his first sermon. Very simple sermon. It's even easy to remember. If you want to learn a scripture with me this week, he says, repent. In other words, change your mind about what you see. Change your mind about the culture around you. Change your mind about what you've been investing in. Change your mind about what the world tells you. Why? Because culture is not supposed to influence you. You're supposed to influence it. And the kingdom of heaven is at Hand. So it's no longer about, says Jesus 2,000 years ago, it's no longer about just casually blending in, sprinkling in a little bit of religion and calling that faith. What Jesus wants to build is going to be consecrated, set apart, awkward and offensive to the current culture. Hashtag kingdom. For the 50 and overs, that's pound sign. You gotta go all the way to the bottom of the rotary and bring it back up. Kingdom, kingdom. I I wanna put kingdom in your face for the next few weeks. Like, I I want you to think kingdom this afternoon. I, I want you to think kingdom tomorrow morning. I want you to think kingdom Wednesday afternoon. You know, when you get home from work and you have real people all around you that want your attention but you turn to technology for entertainment instead of individuals for intimacy. I want you to think kingdom when you wanna to respond to the ignorance inside of this technology. And if you have to hash, what is a hashtag? Uh, okay, just so you know, I mean, all the, anybody under 30 pretty much understands, but if you don't, it just divides and, 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 and puts together a specific topic. So when you put hashtag kingdom, everybody else that put hashtag kingdom, they all go kind of the same place. And so you can just click on that and like see everything that, that God is doing through his hashtag kingdom. It formulates and it puts things together. I wanna to invite you in this series as, as I did last week, I'll just remind you of the two. Number one, I wanna invite you to download daily. I said this last week, you, you download something every day. It may as well be God things. I, I'm not talking about good things. I mean, godly, righteous, holy things. Why is it so important what we watch, what we listen to? Because that's what you're putting in your spirit. That's what you're putting in your temple. And it's not okay to just casually assume that I can just put whatever I want to in the temple. In fact, I want to challenge you. If you just put whatever you want to in the temple throughout the week, go home this afternoon and put whatever you want to in your vehicle. Just put whatever you got. Doesn't have to be fuel. You know, diesel or gasoline, it doesn't ethanol or not. Just go put whatever you want to. And then drive back up here. Good luck. You're going to have to call some why? Because you weren't created to run on toxin. You weren't created to run on anything, you were created to run on something specific. And so download daily. How do we do that? Well, I'll give you, we gave you three practical ways. Number one, re- download the YouVersion Bible app. The YouVersion, because it doesn't have any ads, it's already paid for, it's where the devotionals are, you can search any kind of devotional. And right now we're all reading the gospel in 30 days. We should be on day 14. If you feel bad about that because you're not on day 14, you're in decent company. It's not great company, but it's decent. I'm on day eight. Feel good about yourself. Think I think I lied to first service and told them that I was on nine. I'm not. I'm about halfway, halfway through day eight. Probably going to take me 50 days. I'm an overachiever, okay? Some of you will finish in 30. Some of you will start today. Whatever you are, just begin. Listen. To put the word of God. You're not going to get God's word if you don't get in God's word. You're not going to live God's word if you don't have it inside of you. And you're not going to get it inside of you if you don't spend any time in it. Read God's word every day. Number two, go download the Chosen app. We're gonna show you a couple of scenes today, show you some of, the, some of our favorites. We'll do that kind of throughout this series. Well, I don't like, they put a bunch of stuff in there that's not in the Bible. Well, you live a bunch of stuff that's not in the Bible, so stop being a hypocrite. Well, they didn't give me that response in first service. <laughs> Download the app. There are some very biblical aspects of it. Yes, there is some poetic license there, if you will. Um, Videographic license, film license, where they studied the history and and they're telling some backstories that are not specifically in Scripture. But it always points back to Jesus. Go download the Chosen app. Number three, we make it easy. Like the people that worship God with their giving through this church have purchased for you a subscription, a free subscription to RightNow Media with a plethora of curriculum of all kinds, and we'll give it to you. All you have to do is text us. In fact, on your bu- bulletin, there's a QR code right on the front page. You just take a picture of it. Your iPhone is smarter than most of us, and it will just send you right where you need to be. Here's the next thing I want to say. I said it last week. I just want to bring it back up. Binge... Binge Jesus. Like, I'm not against your favorite television show. Um, the kids, what is that show that we've been watching recently? Flinch. Is that what it's called? Oh, that's hilarious. If you haven't watched Flinch, I mean, after you binge Jesus, it's funny. I mean, we like, my kids love AFV. They don't even care what generation. They just like for things to happen to goofy people and us laugh at it. It's okay to watch other things. It's okay to listen to other things. I like football and baseball. I don't so much like basketball, but some people do. We're praying for you, too. So it's just whatever whatever it is. Some people watch golf on TV. My Lord, are you bored or what? (laughs) Some people like it, you know. But, But of all the things, hear me, listen to me. Of all the things that we invest in, Of all the things that we put effort and energy, and by the way, entertainment in, how many of those things are kingdom-oriented versus culture-oriented? Ask yourself this question. Bump your neighbor, tell them to listen, and ask themselves this question. Do you put more effort into this culture or into his kingdom? You might just open up your bank statement app And look and see if you put more effort into this culture or into his kingdom. Hey, I believe that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen, I believe it's at face right now. I don't even believe it's at hand. It was at hand 2,000 years ago. If it was at hand 2,000 years ago, then where is it today? Jesus said this, hear me, hear me. Jesus said, I will not come until the whole world hears. Have you ever seen Christianity being promoted and projected across the globe at the rate that it is today? Through every app? Have you ever seen Christianity as cool and popular culturally as it is today? I mean, you had to like really like the Gaithers to listen to them 20 years ago like you had to make a choice it was like good music or christian music come on y'all don't get all super spiritual on me today it was like i can watch a good movie or i can watch a christian movie you know was like i'll crucify my flesh and watch this christian movie i mean that was my that was my upbringing i mean we had like one song Jesus freak. And I listened to it as many times as I could. I was like, Tupac is better than these guys. It just, I didn't like what he was saying, but their music stunk. The film stunk. You don't have that excuse. Listen, if you're 35 and under, you don't have that excuse anymore. Because God brought people like Maverick City and Elevation and Brandon Lake and, and some people even from Bethel are going to heaven. God brought. <laughs> Hey, by the way, I had somebody ask, man, why don't y'all, all 'all, all y'all play is these new songs. Why don't y'all ever play any old songs? And I was like, I don't know. Most of the time, new people don't like old songs. So would you rather have your songs or your grandchildren? Because you'll probably have to choose. It's gonna be tough. They're probably not gonna be playing my favorite songs once I get past my 50s either. But you know what? If I look down and see my son with his hands raised, that's all I need. I don't care. As long as it's to Jesus... So why don't, listen, parents, grandparents, maybe, maybe 50 years ago we had an excuse of why we weren't living this. I really don't know where to start. And by the way, Lamentations is not a great place, okay? Just as a general rule, start in the Gospels. 20 years ago, we didn't have access and information and education the way that we have access, information, and education today. And so 20 years ago, we, or maybe even 50 years ago or 100 years ago, like people really may not have known where to read. People in China today salivate over a piece of paper with some scripture on it because they don't have this. They certainly don't have this. And the access that we have, this culture is without excuse. I'll say this, if Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then we should live a resurrected life. If, if that's what you believe. Now, if it's not what you believe, then just hang in here with me for a minute because I'm a mess with it. I'm a mess with that mentality. But if, if you believe, I've met a lot of people that say they believe in God. I just haven't met as many people that actually live like they believe in God. And I believe that is as offensive as anything. It doesn't surprise me or disappoint me when a sinner lives like a sinner, when an unbeliever lives like an unbeliever. What infuriates me is that when so-called saved people live like the unbelievers do, and then they say, well, no, I believe. No, you don't. Because if you believe, then your behavior would represent your belief. In fact, it does. And because you don't really believe, you don't really behave. But if Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then we can live a resurrected life. These things haven't ceased. Guys, nothing has changed since Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Dr. Brian Jarrett, in his Easter sermon, he said it this way the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a culture shifting. Think about the Roman empire before Jesus. Think about the shame and the arrogance. It was either honor or shame and humility was brought on you as not something that you sought. Serving others was something that was forced. Jesus came in and he shifted that culture. He shifted that mentality. He flipped it upside down. The resurrection is a culture-shifting, earth-shattering, historical event. It is archaeological, historical, and scientifically accurate. It is the event that defines what we know as Western civilization today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ led to the revolution of the United States of America. These people believed that they were supposed to be living a certain way. And the Western, hear me, look, watch this. Western civilization looks nothing like the Roman Empire because of Christianity's influence. If you remove Christianity from America, you have nothing more than a modern-day Roman Empire. Unimaginable. To think. So here's what I want to say. What we believe about the resurrection, it will determine your life on earth and your life in eternity. It will. It will. There's no, there's no argument to be had. There's no debate. In fact, the most reasonable, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe that 11 unpopular, uneducated individuals pulled off the greatest hoax in human history and were able to steal and rob the body of Jesus from a sealed tomb guarded by Roman centurions. And and nobody ever found out how they pulled that off, even though Jesus said, I'm going to die on this day and be raised on this day. And the Roman Empire could not stop it. So 11 uneducated, unpopular, uninfluential people that nobody cared about the opinion of, either they pulled off the greatest hoax in human history or Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He was resurrected after the crucifixion and he is alive. If he is alive, if he was resurrected, then his resurrection should be determining how we live on earth and how we enter into eternity. An encounter... With God should change the chosen.
1: May I ask a favor? I'm teaching these people and apparently they're having trouble hearing me. I could stand on your boat, that would be helpful. They're
0: having trouble
1: hearing you, huh? Yes, yes, of course. Please, please, stand on my boat. Thank you. I need to go, I'm sorry. No time for this today. Stay a few moments longer. I have something for you. For me? Uh, I'm in a hurry? Yes, I know. Just allow me a few moments. Please. Sam, trust me as I have trusted you. This man is the Messiah. It's good to see you again, Andrew. Yes. I'm Jesus. Thanks for this. Simon. In my last moments with you, I want to share another story. Can everyone hear me? Yes! yes. yes. Well, let's thank our friends for this strong boat, huh? Thank you. Trust me, my yelling voice is not easy on the ears. Because I'm on this boat, my final parable should be about fishing, yes? Simon please send me that net when this net is thrown into the sea what happens Simon well, I mean most of the time it gathers a, a little louder
0: it gathers
1: fish yes This net gathers fish, all kinds of fish. Yes? Yes, all kinds of fish. And the kingdom of heaven is like what happens next. After the net is full, Simon and the others draw it to the shore, sit down, and sort out the fish. The good fish go into the barrels, and the bad fish thrown away. So it will be, at the end of the age, angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous, and throw them into a fiery furnace. Do you understand? Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven, like you all are now, is like the master of a house, who brings forth his treasures, both new and old. You are to do the same with this knowledge. That is all for today. I have some business to attend to with my new friend. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. we've been doing this all night, nothing.
0: if you were one act of obedience away from what God had for you? After all this time, you've been you've been giving, you've been doing, you've been serving. But what, what if you were just one prayer away from that person finally responding to what you've been begging God that they would respond to? What if you were just one moment away from your miracle? What if you were just one more time around the wall and a shout of praise unto God for that thing to finally come down and the net to finally fill up? What if you were just one power sprayer away from winning somebody back to the house of God? One cup of water, one opportunity. I love the very biblical piece of that video, that clip, when Simon Peter says, at your word. Now, I don't know if that's happened to you or not, but if you've been serving Jesus for any amount of time whatsoever, then there have been some moments where he tells you to do something that you've already done there have been some moments where he tells you to do something that you don't want to do there have been some moments where you want to look up at him and ask if he has seen you already respond to the things that he has requested i don't know what you're doing up there but i know what i've been doing down here and simon was frustrated Have you ever been frustrated in trying to serve God and accomplish his will? And it just doesn't seem like it's as fulfilling as some preachers told you it was supposed to be. In fact, it's more difficult than it would have been just to do it your way and go home. And yet, I love what he says, at your word. Here's what he's saying. I don't stink and want to. I don't want to. I wanna watch this, I wanna spend this, I wanna have this, I wanna go here, I wanna do this. And yet, at your word, Simon Peter obeys. So I ask, what if you're just one act of obedience away from what you've been praying for, from what you've been hoping God for, what you've been believing him for? Simon Peter, would, he would go from here and, and he would still have a lot to learn. Like, I know I was just supposed to be born again, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and called to Africa in that one service, but just not who, how it works out for most people. So Simon Peter goes from here and uh, I said, I would, well, I'll be careful because I see little ears in the room. He says some silly things. Stupid. He says some silly things after this point. I mean, he is the one he is the one that got out of the boat, as Bishop Hines told us a year ago through his message. I know some preachers have preached, well, at least he had the faith to step out on the water. No. He ran his silly mouth, and it caused him to have to get out of it. Jesus said, "Get in the boat, go to the other side." Simon Peter got out of the boat. Why? Because he didn't believe Jesus. Remember, they were going across the sea. Jesus came walking up. All of the disciples said, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, fear not, it is I, the Lord. And Simon Peter decided to speak up again and say something ignorant. So he yells out across the water. If it's really you, you ever done that to God? If this is really you, write the check, show up for serve day, if I'm really supposed to be doing this, God, can you show me a sign? So Simon Peter says, "If it's really you, bid the come to, bid me come to thee." It's I'm just not good with King James; it just doesn't work out for me. And so Jesus says, "Okay, come on. I told you to get in the boat and go to the other side, but if you want to test me in this, let's have some fun." <laughs> it really just it, the scripture is really actually pretty amusing if you'll just slow down and let it entertain you a little bit. So Peter gets out of the boat, and he almost drowns And you know, the story. He was never supposed to get out of the boat. He's supposed to keep his mouth shut and do what God had already told him to do. But since he wanted to test God, Jesus said, very well, let me show you something. Fast forward a little bit. Jesus picks three people out of 12. Judas hasn't done the thing yet. He's still there. Jesus picks three people, um, Peter, James, and John. the the sons of thunder, the sons of Zebedee. Okay, He takes them up on this mountain. We know it as the mountain of transfiguration. Come on, picture this with me. Jesus got away with things that preachers today don't get away with. If I just pick three people and leave the rest of y'all out, somebody's leaving and going to another church. I'm telling you, it happens. People get offended. But Jesus didn't offend, he just took the three. And so Peter, James and John go up on the mountain and the Bible says that the heavens opened Come on, like, this really happened. Unless the resurrection isn't true, then none of it happened, and our faith is futile. And we are of all people to be most pitied, as Paul put it. But if the resurrection took place, then all the rest of it can be true too, because if God can raise somebody from the dead, then he can slay a giant with a stone. Okay, so (laughs) they go up on the mountain, and the heavens open up, and the voice of the Father God is thundering down on the mountain. Did you hear Jesus? You wouldn't like my loud voice. It would hurt you. (laughs) Elijah, nobody's seen Elijah since he was taken up in a chariot of fire. Elijah and Moses come down from heaven with the glory of God. Jesus' face shining like the sun. The glory of the Father opening up the heavens, revealing himself on earth. And Peter thinks this is a good time to speak up. Go read it. Peter says, it is good that I am here. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, it's in the Bible. And the father says, Peter, listen to my son. In other words, the father God audibly told Peter to shut up. I'm telling you, it's right there in your Bible, in the gospels. Great place to start learning. Peter just didn't get it. Peter was the one, the Bible said, that began to follow Jesus at a distance. I've seen this so many times. I've seen so many people have a moment with God and then they start following him at a distance. Have you ever done the one thing you swore to people, family members, loved ones, and God himself you would never do again? That's what Peter did. Jesus told him that they would all they, they, they would all scatter and that they would, they would all forsake him and they would all run. And Peter says, Lord, everybody else may leave you, but I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. They may disperse, but not me. I'm going to stand firm. And Jesus said, you're not just going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times. In fact, you'll know it because at the third one, a rooster is going to crow And you'll remember my words. That's why Peter grabbed a sword when they showed up to arrest Jesus. He was ready to prove himself. Now, I don't know why he hit a servant boy's ear. It seems like he like slashed at Caiaphas or something, you know. But then not too long after that, the Bible says Peter followed Jesus at a distance. And when Jesus went in the courtyard, Peter stayed outside. And you can't follow Jesus at a distance and fulfill the destiny that Jesus had for you. You either follow Jesus step by step or you wish that you would have. And Peter standing outside of the courtyard, somebody asked him, don't you, weren't you with him? You're one of his disciples. And he denies it the first time. Another time, somebody else asked him, no, 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 you you were with him. You were one of his disciples. I know it, I, I recognize you. And he starts cussing. You ever got cussing mad at God? Don't wave, don't wave, don't point. That's even worse. Yeah, you did. I heard you too. Telling the preacher, right here, he did it. (laughs) The third time, he is so belligerent because he doesn't want to be crucified. He doesn't want to go into the courtyard with Jesus. He wasn't willing to allow his Christianity to cost him anything. So he stood outside. And most scholars believe, I believe it's even in one of the Gospels, a little girl asked him. No, 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 you're you're one of the ones. I mean, she's just a little girl. Peter's screaming in his face. I don't know the man. He's losing it. You scream at a kid, you have officially lost it. (laughs) Sorry about that, parents. Sometimes we have to apologize. (laughs) And immediately, the rooster crows. I really wanted to crow like a rooster, but I didn't want to lose the sensitivity of the moment. (laughs) The rooster crows, and, and Peter remembers. And what does he do? Does he run to Jesus? Nope. Nope, he does what we do. He runs off in shame. He's discouraged. He's disappointed. He's disappointed that Jesus didn't do what he expected him to do. And he's disappointed in himself for doing the one thing that he swore he would never do again. Have you ever felt that way? Simon Peter did. So the question that we want to answer today as we conclude is, who did Jesus use? Who did Jesus use to redeem Simon Peter? You know, the person that would take the gospel outside of Judaism and present it for the first time. To the Gentiles. Who did Jesus use to make sure that Peter was there on the day of Pentecost to preach the first spirit filled evangelical sermon of all time? Because he had dispersed like he said he wouldn't. And Jesus chose a specific someone to go to Simon Peter and to bring him back to the Savior. In Luke chapter 8, we meet this person. The Bible says in verse 1, Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns. This was early on in his ministry. In the villages, he was preaching and announcing the good news. What was the good news? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was preaching the gospel. By the way, the kingdom, the gospel, will always offend the earth and its culture. The church will always be at odds with the culture. Your life in Christ will always be at odds with people who are not living in Christ. You cannot casually blend in kingdom with culture. There will be a designated difference between divine and doomed. There always has been. He went about preaching about the kingdom of God. He took his twelve disciples with him. He had just chosen them. And verse two, the Bible says, along with some women. Now, this is important because because before Christianity in fact I would say even up into the nineteen twenties, before women's suffrage, that's why it's confounding to me that any woman would want to remove Christianity. From this country it doesn't make any sense because outside of Christianity a woman was counted as just a little bit more than property a woman would never testify in court because her testimony was meaningless it had no influence it carried no weight Jesus came to raise up those who had been beaten down and ignored He didn't come to continue to celebrate the already over-celebrated. He came to use the people that nobody thought could be used. And he said, some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. (laughs)
1: I don't know what else I can do to help you. Give me that. Lots of it. That's not going to solve your problems. It's meant to distract from No them. more preaching. Just give it to me. Lilith, please listen to what I saying. Of Magdala. Who are you? How do you know my name? Thus says the Lord who created you, and he who formed you. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name.
0: Aren't you glad that Jesus remembers who you were born to be despite who you may have become since the day that you were born? Aren't you glad that he remembers who he created you to be despite the sin or the shame that you may have committed or may have been committed against you? That he doesn't put his hands upon the saved and the sanctified. No, he came for the sick, not the healthy. Who did Jesus use to restore Christianity to redeem Simon Peter? The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, I love the Gospels. The Old Testament doesn't make sense without the Gospels, but when you read the Gospels and everything you read in the Old Testament, you understand that it all points to Jesus. It all points to the Messiah. It points to the one who would fulfill over 360 prophecies without flaw or failure. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome, nope, that's not how you say that. Salome, they brought spices. That's interesting because because somebody had already anointed Jesus' body, and I don't have time to go into that offering, but when you read it in the gospels, you understand that his his body had already been anointed for burial. And nobody even mentions the fact that they're coming and trying to do again what's already been done. But Jesus didn't wanna keep doing the old thing over and over again, he wanted to do a new thing. He didn't want them to keep wandering around in the wilderness. Come on, he wanted them to cross the Jordan and begin to inherit the promised land, overcome the enemy and bring some people along with them. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, Salome, they brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Over the next couple of verses I'll just describe, they were on the way to the tomb and they were doing what women do. They were trying to figure out how they were going to move something heavy without a man around. That's funny, but it's true. <laughs> now, some of the women in here just got offended. Okay, that's okay. I know you can move heavy things too. I know, it's okay. But they were discussing what we like to discuss amongst ourselves. Whenever God shows us something that's bigger than us, whenever God shows us something that with men, these things would be impossible, Whenever God gives us a vision that doesn't make any sense, they were on their way to the tomb and they were asking, how are we going to move this stone? How, how are we going to anoint his body? How are we gonna make room? What are we gonna do? And then the Bible says they get there and the stone has already been moved. (laughs) You know what's significant about Mary? Mary specifically of Magdala, unlike almost anybody else, she never stopped following Jesus. If Jesus delivered you of seven demons, you'd never stop following him either. Hey, listen, don't confuse the obviously demonic for the subtle and the silent assassin. Because the devil will possess you secretly just as much as he will openly if you allow him to. Jesus delivered her and she refused to stop following. So she showed up early on that first day that she was able. And the stone has already been rolled away. Now, look, you got to put yourself in the garden that day. They showed up. The stone to a dead man's grave has been moved. And they, these women who were afraid of how they were gonna move the stone, they walked up to the tomb and stuck their head in. Now how do you feel, grown man? Because I can tell you this much. I go to a graveyard and there's a coffin top missing off of one of those. Chris ain't sticking his head in the tomb. I may follow somebody in, maybe Megan. Go ahead, girl, I got you. The Bible says his glory is your rear guard. I got you, you go ahead. (laughs) I was sticking my head in a a tomb. And they do. This is how devout she was. She was willing, come on, listen. She was willing to follow Jesus into the tomb if she thought he was in there. She said, I'll go to hell and back as long as I go with Jesus. (laughs) They stick their head in and the Bible says, now some people think this is Jesus in his resurrected form, they just didn't recognize him yet. There's some discrepancy in what people think happened when and, and which gospel account is the most accurate. And, and it's actually the evidence of a true testimony because if you interview witnesses in a true testimony, all of their stories will be just a little bit different. If you ever have a bunch of witnesses that all say the same thing, it's because they planned it and somebody's lying. But they have this account and, and there was this young man sitting there and he was in robes and he begins to speak. And they stayed. I'm telling you, I put my head in the tomb. Some dude dressed in robes, sitting on the thing, starts talking to me. I'm about to show you how fast I can move. I bet I got a little lizard on the National Geographic channel. He speaks. He says this, watch. Do not be alarmed. Well, that was a great phrase to lead with. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? Verse seven, this is what we've been looking for. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. (laughs) The one that's always trying to say stuff. The one that's the most discouraged right now. Because Jesus doesn't want you after you get yourself all cleaned up. He's good. Jesus Christ and the Father, listen to me, sons and daughters, potential sons and daughters, my God wants you when you're at your worst. That's when he's calling your name. No matter how loud the other voices are, I'm telling you, when you're at your lowest, that's when he is the loudest. You tell the disciples and Peter called him by his God-given name. There you will see him just as he told you. Verse eight, they went out and fled from the tomb, trembling and astonished. (laughs) I bet. And then they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So Jesus, not willing to give up because we leave these moments of astonishment and amazement and then we go out. We don't say anything. We just go right back to the way that we were. Jesus shows up with just Mary, after the service, after the public display, he shows up, the Bible says, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. I gotta tell you about Magdala quickly. Magdala was a place that was known for its impurity. I got little ears in the room. You, whatever you think, Magdala. Immorality, Magdala things that were done to women and children and men alike some of them consensual some of them just committed but that's where you went historically Magdala was known for that Mary of Magdala is who he went to first from whom he had cast out seven demons verse 10 She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and they wept. Listen to me. Only God can take a fallen person, an abused person, a messed up person, and remind them of who they were created to be. Only Jesus can remind you of who God made you to be born versus in despite what you became or what became of you. Jesus Christ can use the fallen, the broken, the abused, the mistaken, the discouraged, the downtrodden, and the disobedient to use his kingdom to build his kingdom and to accomplish his work whether you're fallen or you're a fallen fisherman come on whether whether you were filled with seven demons or you denied jesus three times when you were supposed to be sharing and praying come on no matter how many times you got it wrong what do simon peter and mary of magdala have in common they followed jesus That's it. It's the only thing that they got right. So I ask again, last week, did you invest more in culture, baseball, boats, entertainment, materialism, possessions, my job, my children? Hear me, listen. Anything that you invest in more than God and his kingdom, it doesn't mean that that thing is evil, it just means that you've made it an idol because you've put it before him with your time, your talent, and your treasure. And when you make something an idol, even though it is not evil, it becomes evil for you. Simon Peter had gone back to what he knew, not catching fish. He went back to what he was comfortable with. And then Jesus came to him as he's coming to you right now today. You know why Jesus pursued Simon Peter the way that he pursued him? For the same reason that he's pursuing you right now, the way that he's pursuing you. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, I love you more than you could ever mess up. How valuable are you? Everything that Jesus had to offer. He laid it down so that he could pursue you right back out of the things that he's already delivered you of who can he use oh he'll use you too if he can use an impure demoniac and make her the world's first evangelist for the resurrection of the gospel (laughs) come on he can use you he can use you would you bow your head and close your eyes god i thank you for your word that it does not return unto you void God, right now, Holy Spirit, blow through this place like you did the upper room. Jesus, speak clearly as you did from the boat that day in the sea. I want to ask you to evaluate. If you're a follower of Jesus, what area of your life currently, right now, have you maybe withheld from him? What area do you you need to fully surrender? In what area have have you kept secret or you stayed silent? In what area do you you need to become more of a disciple? What does that mean? It just means that, that you need to add more discipline. He has done the divine. You're born again, you're a child of God, but you've got to become the divine by adding discipline to his divinity. In what area do you need to do that? In what area do you need to surrender? More of time? More of your talent, your gifting, your ability? More of your treasure? Is that the area that the enemy has a hold of where you just not truly, fully learn to trust God? Finally, listen, if you're in the room right now, we've been praying for you. If maybe you began to follow Jesus at a distance, maybe you're watching online right now, live or later, and, and you began to follow Jesus at a distance, maybe you fell completely away from God's will for your life, you're the one he's after. If you're in the room today and you've never received salvation, you've never fully surrendered your life to him, you are the name that he is calling right now. As he called Mary, as he called Simon Peter, he is calling your name. Here's voice. Come to me. I wanna invite you right now to surrender, to receive salvation and confess Him as Lord. If that's you, I wanna invite you to open your hands and position yourself. You don't have to raise them high. We're not trying to embarrass you. I just want you to position yourself as an act of obedience in a posture of surrender and reception all at the same time. God removing the things that He doesn't have for you and beginning to replace them with the things that He does. Church, I wanna ask you to pray loud. I ask you this often, but I want you to do it today. Because if you have your hands open and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, I wanna invite you to pray out loud with us right now. Come on, let's pray it together. Jesus, forgive me where I've fallen. I've been disobedient, discouraged. I believe you died on the cross. You shed your blood to pay for my sin. But you were raised from the dead so I could be born again, made new, invest appropriately, build your kingdom. Use me at this time in this culture. May I follow you step by step with all of my heart. I surrender all to you, Jesus. Take my life and make it yours in jesus name amen come on can you praise god today